Do you know who I am, Mr. Wally? I give up. Who are you? The Antichrist. You got me in a vendetta kind of mood. You tell the angels in heaven you never seen evil so singularly personified as you did in the face of the man who killed you. I have Tom Zerbel sitting down and talking to me for a little bit. Tom Zerbel, probably one of the nicer guys in the peloton. Um, I think it goes me, Jesus, um, Allah, Santa Claus, Tom Zerbel, and then underneath him, it's either Mother Teresa or that character um, from Transformers when they all combined. Either way, um, he's right at the top. And yeah, the other people are in the peloton. Um, So he was nice enough to sit down with me for a little bit. Tom uh, just got crowned the national time trial champion after many second places. That was of relief to him and to all his friends around him. He's kind of getting his legs back underneath him after what I consider to be a erroneous DHEA positive. I kind of think it was bullshit. I think anybody who knows him thinks it's bullshit. And frankly, what people who don't know him um, think really is of ill consequence. You pay attention to your friends in life, not people you don't know uh with that being said here is the podcast i don't even know how you started getting into cycling really i knew you ran but yeah uh, i worked uh, in a chemistry lab and i was pretty serious running still right out of college you know yeah. i just moved to colorado straight away did you always run like as a kid or just something you did in high school or... pretty much like, the story is, uh, how I got into that was, uh, m- my parents split up, and they lived exactly a mile apart. Come on, so you would just run back and forth. So I'd start timing myself from house to house. How old were you? Uh, that was, uh, I think third grade or something, fourth grade maybe. So, I got my first watch, just so I could, like, time myself. I know what watch it was. Was it the Timex? Iron Man? Yeah. yeah. I had the same fucking watch, man. Before that, I would call my buddy who lived right next to me. You're lying. I'd be like, all right, man, I'm going to leave in five seconds. And then click, and then just like spray. So you'd run to your buddy's house. Yeah. And he would be waiting for you. Yeah. He'd like me see, you know, he'd see me down the street. Come on. (laughs) How old were you? 
Uh, well, it's like fourth grade, so that put me like 10, 10 or 11. Do you remember your times at all? Do you remember like Dude, what your best time was? Fucking runners always remember their times. Sure. So what, <laughs> when you were doing, the, what was your fastest house relay? Do you remember? All right. So I don't remember that because it was, I think it was in the sevens, but, uh, I know the school record was 637. On a track. Uh, no, not like grassy field or whatever. Okay. They would just time us, you know? Um, and the summer, the fall after that summer, when I started running, I, I ran 636. So, so I got the school record from running back and forth from my, my friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> so that carried on to junior high, high school, college, I ran in college. Did you get a, did you get a scholarship? No, D3 are academic scholarships only. Okay, so it's a little bit smaller, but had a good running program. And, yeah. yeah. So, what did you get? Did you pull up injury, or? Yeah, so moved to Colorado and kind of upped the mileage to start doing marathons. Did a marathon and a few halves, and just got a knee. Why did you move to Colorado? Just to get away, man. It was about it was about as far as my '78 Pontiac Le Mans would make it. Did you pick Boulder <laughs> for any specific reason? No, I actually uh, I picked Fort Collins first. Okay. So moved there. Did you know anybody or? No one. So I, I got there, started looking in ads for a place to stay. That, that was priority one. You got there and started looking? Yeah. Would you stay like a hotel for the first night or something? No, no. I camped in a football field. <laughs> <laughs> I love like the, like the, your sliding tone where it was just obvious that was the next possible thing. No, no, dude. I camped. Obviously in a football field. Like a normal human being. <laughs> paying 80 bucks a month rent in college living with like I don't know it was like eight or nine guys in a three bedroom you know so, really <laughs> yeah I wasn't about to pay for a hotel room so your family came from money <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was pretty much set silver spoon <laughs> yeah so how long did you camp in a field for uh, I found a place the second night so did you uh did you save money up for this trip, or did you just, like, come in, Dude, like, I, I gotta get a job? I was me. rolling, man. I was like, I had, like, 600 bucks. So you <laughs> saved up 600 cash? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was all set. Um, yeah, I found a place that was cheap, and uh, lived with some rugby players. One of the one of the kids' his dad ran a, uh, a nightclub. Really? Yeah. That uh, had some perks. Yeah. <laughs> when he had a birthday, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, so people would come over. Uh, his dad had two strippers come over, and yeah, that's not horrible. No, it's pretty standard, I think, for right. a rugby player. I think, like in that age, when you're you're not, uh, you don't feel bad for things you do yet. It's not bad. It's like, and it's not till you know you get you're like in your mid twenties where you're like, I don't feel like a good person for what's happening right now. <laughs> Dude, little Iowa boy was all oh, yeah. wide-eyed. There. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! But I was still so fucking cheap. You know, I was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to part with these dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so great they come over to the house because I don't feel the need to pay them here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it, but... <laughs> oh, my God. They must have loved you when you're just Iowa fucking just <laughs> grinning. Like, your toothy little grin. Yeah. Same haircut. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have, like, a very, like... You have, like, a man's body, but you have, like, a very baby face. Yeah. They must have fucking loved that. So, anyway, you started dating a stripper. <laughs> yeah. 
So you were, what was your, what, what job did you pick up when you got to Fort Collins? Uh, I found a ga- job at a gas station, sold cigarettes for uh, a few weeks. You never, you know, this is, you never really considered bike riding at this point. No, I got a bike to uh, commute, a yeah. little uh, specialized hard rock. It was like, I don't know, sure. 200 bucks. Uh, and then uh, crashed it my first day. Come on. <laughs> An indication of so how much. Is this is just a sign of what's coming. <laughs> yeah, I was not listening to the signs. Um, but yeah, then uh, I only worked at that job for like six weeks, and uh, my buddy was uh, looking for me uh, for jobs in Boulder. Yeah, he was staying there for the summer. He was still in college, and he uh, found an ad, sent it to me, and I got it. I was uh, working in a chemistry lab, so. Uh, Got the job. <laughs> There's a funny story about the interview, though. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> please. I was, you know, I had this 78, 78 Le Mans and uh, V8 sure. just, just reeked of gas. Like, yeah. when you drove it. Because yeah. it was, like, you know, super efficient. And uh, I had this big interview all the way in Boulder. And I was like, God, man, I can't just wear my nice clothes all the way there. Just, just reek when I get there. Yeah. So... I put everything in like a plastic bag in the trunk and just drove there and uh you were just changing the parking lot or something. Yeah, that was yeah, that was before MapQuest and I <laughs> mistimed it. Oh no. <laughs> so I roll up like 2 minutes before I'm supposed to be here at this interview and I'm like shit. So instead of like Change. you know being like a normal person, I just park in the parking lot, strip down in the parking lot like get my clothes on, I'm like, looking nice, you know, get in there, made it on time. Okay. So I was like, sweet. And uh, I sit there for a couple of minutes, and the boss is like, hey man, I'm ready for you, come back. And uh, as I walk into his office, the first thing I see is my car. Right in front of his office. (laughs) Was his chair so it was back to you, or was his No, no, his chair was facing the window, right at my car. Did he bring it up at all? Uh, His first question was, Hey man, are, are you homeless? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no man, I got a house and everything. You know, it's all good. <laughs> Did you explain? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he got oh. a kick out of it. <laughs> uh, Do you think that job. like almost like he's like oh, I gotta kind of get this guy the job? Uh, I think so. Like, hey man, are you so homeless? <laughs> Yeah. Look, I want to hire you, but I can't have you sleeping at the lab. <laughs> uh, no problem, man. I got a tent. <laughs> I've been sleeping in a football field. You don't have to worry about this. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know the uh, the timers on the sprinklers, though. That's the key. Did Let's you ever get rained out? Yeah. yeah. So that was no good. Just once. Oh, uh, so. Now you have a job at chemistry lab. You're running like. Is there like a competitive circuit after college or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the road races you see, people fucking take those really seriously. You okay. know, especially in Boulder. What was you know? your What was your event? Well, I, like I said, I just kept moving up in distance because I have like zero foot speed, much like my sprinting prowess on the bike. Yeah. So, um, moved up to like half marathon and then and then ran a marathon in uh, the Twin Cities, in Minnesota. 
Yeah. And that was pretty much the beginning of the end. Um, That's where the injuries started coming about? Yeah, I just had a knee injury, and it probably wouldn't have lasted that long, but... You know, I went into the doctor, and he was just like, yeah, it's a muscle imbalance, got to work on it. Um, but I couldn't train. I, I could only train, like, 60 miles a week, which is a lot for most people, but I was doing almost double that, yeah. um, trying to train for real. And uh, so I bought a bike to kind of supplement, yeah. like, because it didn't hurt on the bike. And then, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I worked with these guys who who were bike racers. One of them was a bike racer, my boss, and then a couple other people. There was a woman who raced bikes, and they geeked out about it and, like, talked about it all the time. And, yeah. And I was definitely interested. Do you still stay in contact with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, uh, my boss, for sure. That must be cool for them to see you go from, like, no race into where you're at now. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, he was... He was a big help, you know, just like, yeah. you know, bike questions and racing questions and training and all that. And yeah. I'm still known as Wind Pants Guy. Wind Pants? Tell me Wind Pants. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, in, in the winter when it was cold, I didn't have enough money to, like, buy, like, leg warmers and shit. So I would just put my running wind pants on and put a couple of rubber bands around my, you know, my right ankle <laughs> to keep it out of the chain. <laughs> and then go ride. And, and uh, I would just... I would just ride like I ran, which was yeah. hard all the fucking time. Yeah. So it's it was just like, yeah, I was just like racing every time. And, uh, I just got a reputation. So when did oh, you do yeah, your first race? Fucking, fucking wind pants guy. <laughs> so when did you do your first race? Um, that was, uh, 2003 at Iron Horse. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you met, um, Scott Nidham. Yeah. Yeah. That was like his second race or something. What was that story? That was a great story. I kind of forget. Uh, yeah, so I just went there with a friend. Um, she she raced the Citizens Race, and I just jumped in the Cat Fives, and uh, it was just, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, you know, I went to the front because everyone was riding slow, so I, <laughs> so I just went hard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I came prepared. I had my mountain bike shorts. Um, I had a t-shirt, and Good. then... Cause, check. Yeah, because I mean, you go down the couple of passes, mm-hmm. so it gets cold. So I had my my wind vest check wrapped, wrapped around my waist. Good, <laughs> and, easy access. And, <laughs> and, and one in one of the pockets, I had a Snicker bar. Dude, you're saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you had a water bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I think I had two. So, dude, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just. Uh, Went to the front, and, uh, you know, it's two passes, two climbs. And on the first climb, it was just me and Scott. And uh, <laughs> I drop him before the top. And then <laughs> as I'm descending, I, uh, I I blink out of contact. <laughs> that's, that's a, I don't know if I even had sunglasses on or whatever. but So I'm just, like, doing this descent, like, scared out of my mind. I've never seen it. And I only have, like, so much depth perception. And sure enough, like... Scott and a couple other guys catch me, so there's like four or five of us. And then going up this cl- this second pass, um, I just drill it as hard as I can again, and it's me and Scott, and he just he looks over at me and he's like, "Dude, what's your deal?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't remember this, but apparently my reply was, uh, uh, "I'm I'm an injured runner." <laughs> <laughs> Still not embracing this whole bike thing at all. Your identity as <laughs> yeah. an injured runner. Yeah, yeah. I, this is just on the side. Not right? this is my first race. <laughs> no, like, 
No. Don't judge me, dude. I'm, you're never going to see me again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I went as hard as I could, dropped him, and then just went as fast as I could on the descent and, uh, yeah, blinked out my second contact on the second descent. So I'm just blurry eyed, like, uh, trying not to crash. And, yeah. And, uh, probably took some risks, but, you know. You're only going so fast when it's like your first bike race. You've been on a bike like two months. And right. you're and you're me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I won that one. Scott was second. And uh we didn't really get to know each other until a couple of years later when we were on the same team. Did you know that was him? Did you recognize him when you saw him again? Yeah, yeah. I mean we sorta of would see each other at races, um, and talk a little bit. He's just so friendly. And then uh, I, I helped him get on our team in 2005, this uh, local team. What team was that? Sports Garage. Sports Garage. Yeah, I, it turned into the Rio, so it's the Rio now. It's, okay. They still do regional races and some national events. So you just, you won your first race, and then you just kind of said, oh, well, this was it's fun winning. So you just kept on entering more and more stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, yeah, I'm still injured, so I'll, yeah. I'll enter this race. How long was it before you were like, oh, fuck, I gotta put this running thing on the back burner? Uh, it didn't take long, man, to, to really um, get the bug bad. Um, I think I think once I won Mount Evans as a Cat 3. Yeah. So, backing the up a little bit. Biggest guy to ever win Mount Evans. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So, just... Boulders, you know, just because Boulder's ridiculous. My second race, I was in, uh, I did one of those crits up on uh, Table Mountain in yep. Golden. Yep. Got off the front with this tiny kid, like, looked like he could kind of like ride in between my wheels, you know. Yeah. He just, he just looked like he was on a trike. And it was me and him, but he was really strong. And uh, we just rode away from the field and stuck it. And uh, I tried to drop him a few times in the last lap and couldn't. And then I was just like, fuck it, you know, little kid, I'll give you a gift, you know, like, yeah, I probably would have lost the sprint anyway, but I was like, yeah, man, take it. Yeah. Um, and so he goes on to win and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Alex house. So he was <laughs> fucking 14, just <laughs> tiny man. Yeah. And now uh, we're racing cat fours and yeah, he was, I have this, I still have this picture of me and the, me and my t-shirt and little Alex. Like, You're still walking the t-shirt. You yeah. haven't committed to a jersey yet. That race won a jersey, so I started wearing it after that. <laughs> Were you psyched that you didn't have to spend 60 bucks on a jersey? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. I was going to keep wearing the t-shirts. <laughs> what was your brand of t-shirt? Were you like, this jer- this t-shirt works best for races. Like, <laughs> it was a running t-shirt. Nice and thin. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wake sweat away. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure there was a logic behind it. <laughs> what year was it when you were like... Was it the Rio Grande year where you were delivering pizzas and doing more? Um, you like doing now you're doing Cat One NRC type stuff. Um, actually, that was uh, the year before 2004. Like I said, it uh, it took a hold of me pretty quickly. So I started, you know, Memorial Day 2003, and then uh, that fall I had enrolled in grad school here at CU for uh, the uh, chemistry program. Sure. And uh, so I quit my job and uh, went to do that and with the intention of training as much as I could and doing the grad school thing. And uh, that fall was pretty awful. Yeah. Like uh, it took so much time and 
and uh, I ended up being pretty poor bike racer. I did like this uh, Estes Park stage race or something and was really bad that fall. And then I was really bad at grad school too. I was not managing my time well. And so I knew something I had to give and um, came to the decision that this was like a, yeah. a limited time offer to, to go for this bike racing thing. And so quit school and, and got a job. What did friends and family think about that when you told me? Ah, I mean, they're so supportive. I think I think my mom was uh, a little more supportive than than my dad. But yeah. um, you know, they were just like, "Yeah, do what you want." Like, because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm the kid who just moved away, sure, sure, yeah. two states away. They knew they could only control you so much, right? Right. So, um, so then you're I'm delivering, sure they were delivering pies, doing that, and then. Yeah. By night, training by day, and that actually worked pretty well. For was me. it like Tournay that you like won your first big? Like there was the first time trial wins or something that on the um, well, two thousand five. Um, that's the sports garage year. Things started to really click. Um, I was set to go to Gila and and try to win that as a cat two. Yeah, as a cat two, and came uh, coming down Flagstaff uh, overcooked corner and broke my collarbone. <laughs> So, <laughs> still not heating signs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that put me out for a couple of uh, weeks, and then my, I think one of my first races back was Tour of Utah, and uh, I think I told you this story about uh, my first run in with with Baj on the climb. <laughs> yeah, why don't you retell it though for everybody? Uh, I'm still not a hundred percent, but you know, like I'm getting pretty fit and. Uh, and that was before Tour of Utah was, you know... Big this is Andy Bajadali. Andy Bajadali. For people who don't know, is the chronic grumpy man of cycling. <laughs> yeah. And one of my favorite teammates last year. Yeah, he's a great guy, but he's, <laughs> he's hysterically grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was like, you know, Burke, Swindlehurst, and that's right when uh, Jason Donald was coming on the scene, and, and Garcia. Yeah. And, um, yeah, myself. And so we, uh, you know, whittled down this, uh, the, the field on Mount Nebo and, and then we were kind of messing around and that's just still, I was still in the, the runner's mindset. I was just like, what, why are we going so slow? Like, yeah, go. I'm like yelling at people to go. <laughs> and, uh, Baj looks over at me and says, well, take it then you big ape. <laughs> <laughs> that was his only words to me for like five years. <laughs> so, did you do it? Did you just, did you take the front? You're like, all right. Yeah, I, w- I went to the front. <laughs> <laughs> just towed everybody around until they attacked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, were you still amateur when you won that thing at Tour de Nay? Uh, no, that was my first. You won priority. First, uh, yeah, priority. So my big result, the uh, 2005, was uh, went to nationals. Uh, when it was in Utah, on uh, the time trial was on Antelope Island. Elite nationals, right? Yeah, yeah that was before U.S. pros, and um, so yeah, that that uh, coming off that that uh, collarbone injury, um, I was just ripping in June. Yeah. Of course, what always happens with yeah. <laughs> with racers that come off an injury, and the force stress does them good, and uh, had a really good result there. I was fourth um, on a road bike set up nice well similar to what I'm on now actually (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so that's my big result and you know I I just won a lot of 
like Elkhorn, I won that year, and I won some some events around here, and it's did, always tough to win. Did Division Three have that under twenty eight rule then? Yeah. So were you under twenty eight? No. So that was a big thing for priority to pick you up, even though you were over twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't realize how fortunate I was until, you know, being in the sport. Yeah. Longer, but I actually had two offers that year from one from Priority and then another one from Danny at Jelly Belly, and uh, I had already signed the contract with Priority. Yeah. And so I just kind of decided to yeah. honor that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so but you yeah, just. And you just progressed really rapidly from time trauma just up. Yeah. Yeah, fitness. I mean, fitness has always been there. It's just been... Right. Just honing it. Yeah. Getting it down. Yeah. Do you... Uh, I know it was like this year, too. Like, you just... You were always kind of, like, famously, like, sketched out with positioning. And mm-hmm. It was always this... Like, I think it, it fucked you a couple times in NRC races when you were on Bissell. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you came back from that bullshit with Usada, then I don't know. It just seemed like you got to this. Do you remember this conversation we had, like when we were at Redlands, maybe two years ago? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I remember for me, that was like the first time I saw you do it. It was, I was saying, because on our team, Optum Kelly, they're. We're famous for having these plans that don't happen because sometimes I feel like they don't, um, they're, they're not objective, right? So, like, they say, like, we're going to go to the front and smash it. <laughs> and it's like, well, we haven't ever done that, so let's not plan for that. That would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we were having this conversation about, like, we're going to go to the front in the crit and line up and lead Kando out. Mm-hmm. And I, I was frustrated, and I said, okay, like, we can make this plan, and I hope this plan happens, but we've never all gotten together at the front and crit, because people are sketched out. Mm-hmm. And then after the crit, you, like, or after the meeting, you, like, kind of came up to me, and you're like, dude, like, you're kind of being an asshole. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, you, it's, I know you're good at, you're, like, you're good at it, it's not as easy as you make it seem. Mm-hmm. And I think, like... Yeah. I felt bad like uh, you know I've hurt your feelings a little bit but that crit I think you were like so angry you just fucking did it yeah yeah you were so angry. and then ever since then it seemed like it came easier and easier for you yeah it's it's never easy uh, but it's something that once you do a couple of times you know it can be done and that's all the difference um, yeah but yeah I think your words were just fucking do it just do it you guys get up there and stay up there. I'm like <laughs> Fuck you, Creed. I hate you. <laughs> well, even you said something too that it was like you just stopped caring. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the two times that I, well, I, yeah, two times that I lost the yellow jersey on the last day it's in 2009. Fitch- Fitchburg and Nature Valley? Yep, Fitchburg and Nature Valley. And uh, not so much with Fitchburg. I just uh, kind of got out road. Um, didn't have the legs but uh nature valley especially you know allowed those tactics to be used on me as still water mm-hmm. um just i got sketched out they knew i was going to get sketched out they used it against you yeah. they yeah did the sit up they took you off rory's wheel yeah and did, then sat up out of that turn and for right. the people who don't know that course is all about the turn yeah you got to have momentum going up that that yeah. bitch of a climb and uh 
totally just took me out the out of the race. Rory may have won anyway. You know, he yeah he can get up hills pretty fast. Um, but I was just I was so angry after that. Like I like I had these daydreams of fighting Tim Johnson in my head on my rides for like yeah. months after. Yeah. Like I just wanted to fucking kill him. And maybe not so much Menzies, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe if he was asleep and you had, <laughs> he was tied down. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it was only Tim Johnson that did yeah. that to me. <laughs> just like, I really feel like I could take Tim and Davide Fertini. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I just remember that feeling. And, and I just came to the conclusion that I would rather crash than feel that again, you know? Yeah. I would rather fight them for position and crash. Um, and and that's kind of just helped me um, just fight, you know, and just be like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Do you if remember I, when I crashed you at Redlands? I don't remember that, man. You don't? Like, I, I, would, I to clarify, I didn't, like, crash you, crash you, but you ran into me and then fell down. It was in the sunset loop. It was, it was sunset loop, I don't know, maybe 2007-ish. You were you were like maybe in the top four or five overall. You were somewhere in that the sunset loop, and you know when you take that that hard left at the bottom, this basically the first part of the sunset, the climb. Uh huh. Yeah. And there's uh, you know how like if you're anything but in the first ten, you have to hit your brakes really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think this lap like maybe we were in the twenties and we had to hit the brakes exceptionally hard, and I just felt this like fop <laughs> right in the back of me. And I looked, and your bike was hooked around my seat post. Oh, Jesus. And I was just, oh, God. <laughs> no. I'm glad you don't remember that, because uh, maybe I can later say it never happened. Maybe it's because I like you, because I, I know I remember vividly Kando crashing me out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kando crashed me out once, too. It's not like I didn't like Kando, but... I got tired of Kando telling me how to ride my bike. <laughs> and for him to crash me out, I definitely remember Where did that. Where he crash you? Uh, it was on the, the Redlands Crit. And that was in 2009 when I was sitting second. And uh, he had just taken a free lap because he had a flat. And sprinted out of the, the, out, of the out of the pit into the first corner. Slotted in right in front of me and slid out. <laughs> so he just... Sprinted full bore to get right in front of me and crash me out. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Have you brought that up to him? Oh yeah, yeah. Like every <laughs> single Redlands, I managed to to weasel it into conversation. Um. So you like you obviously progression levels like shooting through the roof. Um. You get this contract with Garmin. This stupid thing with USADA that everybody I know, nobody questions you. Like, everybody's... I mean, I haven't heard anybody who's in the know not question that that, that was a bullshit thing. Whatever happened, happened. Yeah. Um, Garmin contract goes away. You come back uh, by helping USADA with other cases. Um... Now you're, you've got your footing back. You're winning TTs again. Like, are you like, is your like future like tempered at all? Like, uh, 
I, do you still think about getting back to the pro tour, or are you like, this is where I want to be, I'm comfortable? Uh, no, it's funny. You know, once you start winning like that... You don't want to stop, right? You want yeah. To, you want I to mean, keep going. You want to get to the pinnacle of your profession, whatever that profession is, if you're a driven individual. Yeah. And so... Man, you know, as much as I, I like this lifestyle, I like this race schedule, I love my teammates and my management and staff, it's like, man, I would love to take it to that next level, race the biggest races, probably get my face kicked in, you know, yeah. most definitely, you know, but at least I have time trials, you know, they can't really take that away from me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to pursue that option, and, and it kind of surprised me that I did. Because uh, there was a time there where you were just so done with the sport. You were just yeah. so fucking down. Yeah. And I still, honestly, I still have one foot out the door. And yeah. it's just kind of a defense mechanism. You know, it it hurt so much that first time. And was like, you know, in my eyes, no fault of my own. Yeah. You know, and, and people may disagree with that for, you know, what went into my, you know, supplements or whatever. But... I guess I took people at their word. Yeah. You know, you know, people told me that there's no way this stuff can be t- contaminated. It seemed pretty simple. Anyway, yeah. You know, and then that was all taken from me. And you know, do you feel like you're a different dude now? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. How do you change? Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, I'm I'm never gonna love bike racing like I did before. You know, that aspect of it, like you know, my place in it. I, I just can leave at any time. It's not rose colored glasses anymore. No. And it's not, it's not me. You know, it's, it doesn't define me like it did before. It's like, I've seen myself not as a bike racer and, you know, I survived my relationship with my wife, you know, and my friends and it was all fine. You know, I got a job and whatever. I paid bills. Uh, so I, I, you know, Everything I, I've accomplished and, you know, just getting that career-defining victory in my eyes yeah. uh, is, is a gift, you know. But it's like, fuck, I know this sport's pretty fickle. It, yeah. can, it can be taken from me. And, you know, it may, may be a crash or whatever or just not good enough. Don't get a contract. Your team folds, whatever, you know. It, it happens to so many people. So it's just uh, I don't count on it for anything. Yeah. Every paycheck I get, I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> Do you have like any beyond maybe getting to race and you're like is there anything left in the US that you kinda of still think about like accomplishing? Yeah, I mean I I still love winning, you know, and yeah. there's so many races I haven't won. I mean I love Cascade and it's just one of those races where it's a teaser for me because if everything aligned for me, I feel like I could win it. Yeah. Because the climbs aren't too steep and there's a long time trial. Yeah, and had some had some luck, honestly. And, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of races like that, and that's what makes it fun. And I still, man, I get such a fucking kick out of taking part in leadouts. Yeah. The Optum, you know. And, yeah. Uh, just because that was not me you know three or four years ago yeah and so it's a whole new adrenaline rush when you're like lining up in in the 20s and you're just all around this washing machine of fucking people quacking 
and yeah, like even I'm pretty comfortable doing it now, but even that being said, I'm still not like entirely comfortable when they're like, no, like, cause the, the wimp side of me says, oh, we should take it with 5k to go, <laughs> you know, but when the spinners are like, no, 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 we can't launch till 1k to go. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh. <laughs> and, but when you pull it off, it is an incredible, an incredible, like. I can't believe I survived that and then I can punch out hard enough to get the team around mm-hmm. the current lead up. Yeah. Yeah. Just having done your job like right. executed perfectly. I don't I don't think those sprinters really realize how little we care that they don't win sometimes because <laughs> cause we're so surprised that we pulled it off. We're so surprised, like we're so content with ourselves for not pussing out and hitting the brakes, and like we're like they're like, oh, sorry, man, I got thirty. Like whatever. Did you see what I did? <laughs> Do you want to get that on video? Fuck, man, I didn't. I didn't hit the brakes. I survived the washing machine, and I punched. Out. I got you guys around. Oh yeah, and what five hundred meters ago, I swung out of the way and hit the brakes. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, finished eighty third. <laughs> it's it's funny when you try to act heartbroken for the sprinters like oh it's okay man you'll get them next time and you just like turn around you're telling your wife like fuck you should see me babe <laughs> yeah all so, for the team <laughs> Utah Colorado or just one uh yeah Elk Grove Colorado Elk Grove Colorado yeah, yeah. that's another one you know I've won the time trial there like three or four times and yeah. never uh Never worn yellow on the last day. So time losses. Yeah, and and time gaps and crits, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'd be fun to. What about Colorado? They have a TT in Colorado this year. Yeah, it goes up Vale. So, I mean, I'm, I haven't seen it. I've, I've heard it's not as steep as as I'm fearing. Vale Pass. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. So, you know, I'll give it a shot and. But it's definitely not good. You're going to use your road bike for the TT. Yeah, I think I'm going to have uh, Jelly build that up for me. <laughs> you know, I still haven't got any credit for that idea, by the way. I think that's my sole reason for doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just to have you acknowledge that that was... You didn't start winning yep. TTs again until some genius said, Hey man, why don't you just use your road bike position? Yeah. I was... Uh bitching again about not being able to fit on that uh, uh, the TT frame and Creed at, at camp I think it was uh-huh. I was like hey man why don't you just use the road frame the rest is history you know it's going to fit you I feel like I should get a bigger chunk of your prize money for that <laughs> bigger than zero <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe like future contract earnings like, for as long as you're doing that until, like, you find a TT bike that fits you. Not that it's, like, any gross error on Orbea's part because you are a man of unusual proportions for a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Because um, how much setback do you run on a TT bike? If you had your wish. Yeah, like nine and a half. Yeah, it's pretty rare for a TT yeah. bike. Just barely squeaked by the five rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... Fuck man, uh, I've had a few bike checks and 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 the guys and the officials checking the bike are just like, wow, this is this is one of the light, lightest bikes we've had all day. Yeah, like 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the biggest rider you're going to see all day. So, you know, it's got its advantages. Yeah, Definitely you're balancing it out. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>